0: You are Locked On NBA Draft, your daily podcast on the NBA Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Welcome to Locked On NBA Draft. Thank you so much for making Locked On NBA Draft the first listen of your day means a lot to me. I have a really good episode for you today. College basketball is now one week in the books. Uh, It started seven days ago. It's been already a very long seven days. Feels like with the draft, we've already seen some scorching hot takes. People are ready to finalize their boards, it almost seems like. But I've got someone who is much more rational than that today, and that is Damon Allred. Uh, Damon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Hey, I'm pretty good. This is our first time linking up, so I'm excited. Uh, We're going to be talking about. Kentucky, Duke, UCLA, some returners, the G League. It's going to be a good episode. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them lock on send you. So Damon, um, who do you want to start with first, Duke or UCLA? Let's go with Duke. Okay, good choice. Good choice. So Duke is uh, They've played three games. They really haven't stood out. I don't feel like in uh, in the last two games, just because the competition has been rather weak. They played Army and Campbell, but they really stood out in the Kentucky game. So in a way, we're actually kind of talking about Kentucky as well, but we have a fuller portion about the Kentucky guys. We'll kind of hint at it here. Um, But with Duke, what has stood out to you the most so far? There's a lot of choices, I feel like, and I think there's one obvious one, but I'm curious what you say.
0: Yeah, the obvious one is Paulo. I mean, he's just been exactly what everyone was hoping for.
1: Yeah, I mean, the ability to hit shots off balance. Um, he does need to improve turnovers. The turnovers are definitely uh, somewhat of an issue. He has already committed 10 turnovers to just one assist. Uh, I liken that to that of Greg Brown from last year, which isn't the best company, but almost everything else checks out. What, what else has stood out for you? with him
0: yeah so i kind of want to pick your brain about this is just these uh big time premier level offensive initiators and how well they need to be able to distribute for it to not be an issue um i tend to be on the side of if the ball is in paulo's hands you kind of want it to stay in paulo's hands until the shot just because it's i liken it to and i'm not saying he is kevin Durant, but like when Kevin Durant has the ball in his hands, a lot of the times the best case scenario is for Kevin Durant to shoot the ball. You know.
1: Yeah, there's definitely similarities with that uh, for Paolo. I mean, a lot of his face ups and the post ups, where he can just get to his own shot, and he doesn't even need to dribble half the time. Or if he takes a dribble, it's like a one dribble situation. It it is similar to in that way. I'd, obviously, I don't know if he has the scoring skill set. I know you're not trying to compare him to Kevin Durant, but once we see that skill set kind of come along and maybe, you know, create some size of situations more consistently and things like that, that's where I think you start seeing that really take effect the most.
0: Yeah, and just the percentages right now, like looking at the basketball reference for him, he's shooting 83% on two-point jumpers and at the rim, which is just insane for a guy who's taking as many mid-range and long twos as he is. I mean, like that's, that's the type of numbers that you'll see from like a rim running center. And he's just doing it with jump shots too.
1: Yeah. I was about to say the two point percentage can always be misleading just because there's so much room in that two point and no two point shot is really equal. A floater isn't the same as a shot at the rim, which isn't the same. You know, it continues free throw line jumper, mid range jumper, like foot on the line. There's so much. And just for him to be able to do almost everything I've listed and still shoot on eight attempts per game through three games, 83% from three, that's utterly ridiculous. So uh, anything thing on Powell like, uh, like anything on the defensive end that stood out to you or anything like that?
0: I mean, he's just been really solid in all facets of the game, except that, that playmaking that you were talking about, the one assist, 10 turnovers. I think it might be something where as the season goes along, we'll see more of the playmaking from him. But to be honest, it's really not much of a worry for me right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, even if he doesn't really become much of a playmaker, his scoring and just um, modern forwardness, I guess, if that's not really a phrase or word, but just the ability Makes to sense. do anything you want from him. I mean, he's like a modern forward, and the playmaking is almost a bonus. and I also want to touch on this. So, the turnovers are a lot of them him like bullying people and literally just knocking guys down. Like, he played Campbell and Army, these aren't exactly ACC level opponents. So, he there were a couple plays, and I mean that with all respect, is there's a lot of good talent in the country, but. Like he he definitely bulldozed some guys just because that would not have gotten bulldozed in the ACC, SEC, any of the power five schools. So that's something to definitely consider. It wasn't a lot of just like errant passes. He couldn't make a read. Uh, I'm not worried about the playmaking for, for whatever that's worth. But moving on to someone who is a bit more of a playmaker, he really stood out in that Kentucky game. Trevor Keels, he is a guard. He is 6'4, 221. He's pretty built. He's a freshman. I think he's 18 until the for almost the whole year. And he might even be 18 till draft or excuse me, till the opener next year, season opener in the NBA. Um, What do you think of Trevor Keels? Because he stood out a lot too.
0: Yeah, in that Champions Classic game against uh, Kentucky, he really put the clamps on my guy, Ty Ty, who I'm really going to go for go to bat for later on in this episode. Um, but he looked great. Um, the way I compared him in a text to my one of my family members actually was um, he kind of looked a bit like Kyle Lowry on the defensive end, just a big guy who's smart and is going to be physical, but not too physical to the point of fouling all the time, and he just really impressed on that end especially and then got some pretty nice shots to go that night too. So like where he's at.
1: Yeah, I, I I still can't decide if I like his jump shot. He's super aggressive getting to the rim, and his motor just seems nonstop. So I I see a lot of the Kyle Lowry on the defensive end. I'm very interested to see what his offense turns into. I'm very far away from making any long term judgments on that, but I think defense is something you can see right away uh, with comparisons at least. And the Kyle Lowry one really does jump off the page. Like they they're built the same, they have the same dog in them. Like I mean, I don't I don't know. Do you see that same like just motor? And Keels, like I feel like that's pretty easy to see, but my crazy.
0: No, it makes perfect sense because I hear a lot of people talk about what Duke needs this year to be able to succeed in Coach K's last year. And it's Trevor Keels because the dog he brings, they've kind of been missing lately to that extent that Keels can bring it. And I think he's just gonna be so important for them. Yeah, what do
1: you think of his jump shooting? Are you, Early take, are you in or out on it so far? Or in the middle, it's totally fine. Like you don't even make long-term judgment just yet. But what's your first impression?
0: I'm pretty in on it. I, he first caught my eye during the Allen Iverson Classic. I think it was called. It was like the only all-star game played in the high school circuit this past season. And he really impressed shooting in that game. And so he caught my eye. I think I had him like top 40 on my board going in. And that's about where he is now just confirmed what I was initially thinking.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's probably a pretty fair take. I'm glad that you were rational with it. Uh, someone who's going to be a lot hard, hard oh, excuse me, a lot harder to be uh, rational on is his teammate, AJ Griffin, who has only played 27 minutes and they play on Tuesday uh, when you're listening to this tonight against Gardner Webb. So that number likely to increase He's coming off of injury, but I uh, only played 27 minutes. A.J. Griffin. He is 6'6". He's 222. He's got, like I, I think, a decent jump shot. It's hard to tell still. Um, and I think he's got a good game, but he really hasn't had to gotten a chance to break out. In that very limited time, what have you thought of A.J. Griffin?
0: Yeah, so I haven't had the chance to catch many of his Duke minutes so far, but I remember in the in the prep cycles for him, a lot of people had him like top three, top five ish. And I think that was a bit much. Um, he certainly seems like he needs a second to settle in Mention the injury. And so I'm totally willing to give him that, that time that he needs to settle in after the injury and getting to Duke and all that. But I really like the tools that he's shown. He's obviously crazy long for his position. He's going to be one of the top tier defenders at his position, I think. And we'll just have to see how well the offense comes along, I think.
1: Yeah, the whole thing with A.J. Griffin is just going to be patience. And we're probably not going to know a lot about him scouting-wise until conference play starts up in January, even in the middle of it till February, because we don't even know how healthy he is. Like you said, the best we have to go off of is just high school tape. So it's, uh, it's going to be intriguing. So moving on to uh, another team, another Blue Blood UCLA, they played in probably the game of the year so far that's going to be pretty hard to top against Villanova, that overtime thrower. Um, I really don't think there's any one person who stood out, except I'll well, start with one, and it's in the opposite direction. It's very early, so I want to put a lot of emphasis. It could just be a spin, the, like nerves at the beginning of his college career, but Peyton Watson, 6'8", 200-pound wing, we thought was going to be one of the premier uh, one-and-done guys that could rise from like the second tier of those one-and-dones into that first tier, but he just hasn't done that. He's t- two of his first 12, only 12 shots. I'm not worried about the sample size, but it is a little bit alarming. He's just been pretty rough. What did you think of Peyton Watson so far from the games you've seen?
0: Yeah, I'm not really too worried about him either because he's coming into a situation with a whole lot of established pieces. I mean, they they bring back pretty much all the all the people from the final four run. Right. And um, Mick Cronin is a, a guy that strikes me as maybe not super eager to play freshmen, especially some that are more on the raw end. And so I think that his playing time and his comfort level will all come as it develops on the defensive end, because that's really what Cronin is looking for. Most of the time, I think, obviously not with a guy like Juzang, like, He's not putting Juzang out there to defend. He's putting Juzang out there to get buckets. And Peyton Watson's got to earn his playing time before he can be in that that sort of stratosphere.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think his worst-case scenario is, like, hey, he improves as a sophomore. Like, we've seen plenty of guys just not be that good as freshmen. It's whatever. Not everyone has to be great at 18 or 19 years old. Um, So the rest of the team, to me, while they are a Final Four favorite, you know, they're number two team in the country. um, Like, it's not a hot take or anything, but – I don't really see any guys, maybe like even in the top 50 of this draft outside of if Peyton Watson, you know, picks it up. I'm not counting him out or anything, but it's up in the air. We don't really know if this is a legit flash of, you know, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I'm not going to throw the B word on him because that is ridiculously unfair, but Mm -hmm. like, I don't know. I just, personally, I think Johnny Juzang is their best prospect outside of Watson. And for me, he's not even top 50. Do you disagree? And I know you said off-air you had some hot takes about uh, about this team and a certain player on UCLA. You want to fire off?
0: Yeah, I mean, Juzang's pretty solidly in my first round right now. I just – like the game is about scoring the ball into the hoop, and Zhang does that about as well as anyone in the country right now. And a lot of the way he does it is very reminiscent of Devin Booker, I think not Kentucky Devin Booker, but Phoenix Devin Booker, and just his ability to navigate his spots and get shots up whenever, no matter what the defense is doing. I think a lot of people look at the separation as kind of a problem, but I think that he doesn't always really think that he needs to get separation just because of the success he's had against contested shots. And so I think that really he's just an awesome offensive player prospect to me as far as scoring the ball obviously you want at least a full assist per game out of your number one option but he's not really given that right now and like we were talking about with bank it's like as soon as the ball is in the hand is in the hands of Juzang, you want him to be the one to shoot the ball to me at least yeah and and you know i didn't even give you a
1: proper introduction so for those that don't know damon he does uh he writes for bright side of the sun he's written for zona hoops who is one of the best draft uh draft people and best sites i feel like overall for the draft super in depth i've gotten to work with him before a little bit indirectly on zona hoops he's amazing at the draft uh and then he's also part of roll call so you know the Suns very well. So I, I'm not even going to like challenge you on the Devin Booker thing. However, the one thing I will say is while the shooting is there, I think sometimes the games like he shot nine of 24 versus Villanova, I feel like he really struggled to create separation. It was the whole time like he had his man on his hip and then he kind of faded away, kind of leaned over him, whatever. And that's my whole concern with choosing is while the jump shot is really nice, like it is a very clean jumper. If he's not an off ball threat, what's he doing on ball to really? get that scoring volume. So I'm kind of glad we disagree because it makes for good content. But, like, I don't know. What Do you see separation as an issue for him?
0: Not really a ton because in the – you mentioned the Nova game. I think in the first half he went 0 or 1 in the first half. Like, just couldn't hit anything. And a lot of it was, like, situations where he's getting in good rhythm for a shot or like coming off movement and he's catching it in rhythm and it just rims out. And like, sometimes you're going to have halves like that. So I don't think that those shooting numbers that night were super reminiscent of how well he can score efficiently. But once they got into the second half, he was just money. It felt like.
1: Yeah. I mean, he came alive and that, that was a huge part of why Villanova didn't end up winning and UCLA, you know, pulled out. Um, I, I'm glad we disagree though, because I mean it's not fun just to say, Yep, agree on every single player. Um, that is yeah. something I also think will kind of get settled out while we do know like throughout the year. While we do know choosing is uh, what he is, like we know his skill set. I mean, we don't know to what degree, and that's really where the mystery lies. But uh, when we come back, we will talk about Kentucky and the G League guys that kind of have started to fly under the radar now that their season almost aligned with the college season uh but first let me tell you about theragun don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me a podcaster just trying to make it through the day tension free theragun can help theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth speed and power and it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush Whether you wanna treat your muscle tension from working out, an injury, or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for Theragun Gen 4. The OLED screen and design make you feel like you're holding something from the future, so go to the site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests guided routines. So Theragun is trusted by hundreds of professional athletes such as uh, Paul George, Real Madrid athletes, Maria Sharapova, and hundreds of thousands of customers, and myself. Try Theragun for 30 days, starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash locked on right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash locked on. therabody.com slash locked on. Welcome back to Locked On NBA Draft. Thank you again for making Locked On NBA Draft your first listen of the day. Really means a lot to me. Back with Damon Allred, of Bright Side of the Sun, Roll Call, Zona, zona Hoops. Uh, he is all out there. Like, if you're a Suns fan and don't follow Damon, you are really missing out. He knows a ton about basketball, uh, not just the Phoenix Suns. He is out there on everything. So, Damon, talk to me about Kentucky. I know we kind of hinted uh, you had some words for t- about Ty-Ty. Go ahead, feed
0: me. Yeah, so Ty-Ty is a guy I've had a pretty good background on for a while. Um, I wrote about him as his high school season was ending. And he's just really impressed me ever since I saw him at uh, AZ Compass Prep. Um, I don't want there to be any inkling that there's some kind of Arizona bias with me, but um, he did go to prep school in Phoenix his whole four years. He was at um, a more traditional prep place before he ended up at Compass Prep, which is one of the more prominent basketball factories that Phoenix has. And he led Compass to Geico Nationals and looked great in there. There was one game where he went toe-to-toe against uh, Nolan Hickman, who's now at Gonzaga, and he was just clearly the better point guard. So I was really having high hopes for him at Kentucky. I thought it was a perfect fit because Coach Cal's always great with guards. Even if he doesn't use them right at his program, they always seem to end up playing pretty well in the NBA. So I was excited for him. And he really had sort of a dud of the first game against Duke. And I think a lot of people overblew it because he's not going to go against guys like Keels every night, which I mean you could say there are more Keels in the NBA than in college. So what is he going to do when he gets there? But I think it it just takes some adjusting for him. He's too smart to fail in my eyes. And Coach Cal even admitted after that game that they were asking him to do too much. And in this game against Robert Morris that he had, he was playing a lot more within himself. He had some attacking closeouts, some hezzies and some mismatches. And he just looked really nice throughout the entire game. So I yeah. will absolutely go to bat for him anytime anyone wants to talk him
1: <laughs> If you want the smoke, you know where to go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. No,
1: it, it's funny because like, if you watch the Robert Morris game versus Duke, like one, you can obviously tell the talent gap is massive, uh, especially because Duke had, I think the number one recruiting class, I, I believe that was the official crown went to Duke. So obviously like Robert Morris is a much different team, but Kentucky as a whole looked very comfortable within themselves. I game. Like, Damian Collins looked petrified in game one. He looked very confident in that same with Ty Ty Washington and You know, the biggest thing I will say is, like you said, you know, maybe maybe he will have to face some Trevor Keels a little bit more than he would in college, obviously. But one, no team is the same when in November as they are in March or even, you know, at the end of the season, just in general, just teams aren't the same. And within that, players aren't the same. And when you're a team that it feels like just from those two games, they kind of feed off of each other, like the whole team feeds off each other in terms of comfort level and things like that you know, that's where I really feel like where Ty Ty Washington and also Damian Collins will kind of pick up at it. It's not going to be, you know, everything done in day one. That's just, it's, it's a myth almost I think that's been brought upon us just by some recent success. But the other thing is just um, like I, my one concern with Ty Ty I guess is that he hasn't shot the ball too well, but he also is three or four from the line. And I think the form is completely fine. I would just like to see him get some threes up Um you know, they play – I want to say it was Mount St. Mary's uh, on Tuesday tonight when you're listening to this. So they should have an easy matchup where they can get uh, get some shots up and that should be a pretty good look. But, again, like I think people are overreacting to that early start. Like wasn't Keldon Johnson terrible in his first game when they played, like, what was it, Michigan State or something in 2018? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and Keldon's now one of the front runners for most improved. Like you can't judge – like just so much changes from November to March as a whole. And as a player, so much changes from November to June. So like, I, I don't, I think people are really over reading, into Ty Ty a lot. So I I'm with you. I'm not super high on him, but I'm also like, I've seen people move dra- him down drastically, which boggles my mind that people are doing it that this early. Um, is there anything else on Kentucky that has stood out to you before we get into the June? Yeah.
0: Um- I just wanted to pick your brain on Kellen Grady a little bit because I, I don't know too much about his Davidson background other than just that he shot really well from three. But um, back in my son's oriented mind, I was watching the Robert Morris game and all I could think of when I was watching Grady is that he just looked like Landry Shamet. What are your thoughts on him? Is he a prospect at all?
1: He's, he's a deep prospect. He's probably going to end up closer to 100 for me. Um, but I, I mean, my whole thing is like, if you're in the top hundred, you have a real chance of playing in the NBA. Uh, and that it could be at that point, like it's user error, but I think I've identified for me, it's like, I've identified players that are very much within the realm of playing and he is safely in that. My whole thing with him is that I just feel like a lot of his shot attempts are a little bit spoon fed. Um, the way he comes around screens, it's almost always wide open, which is like partially a skill, of course. But I do think that, you know, if you're asking him to create his own shot, it's, it's not going to be the best. He's a pure off-ball player to me, uh, just because that three-point shot, though, is just so nice. I mean, at at Davidson, he only had one year shooting below 37%, which was 34%. And he also shot 74% from the line that year, so it wasn't anything to worry about. Uh, he is a fifth-year senior, of course, but, you know, with the extra year of eligibility, I'm not, I'm not holding that over his head or anything. But I, I think he's probably an undrafted free agent two-way guy, but – his pure upside, the Landry Shamit one is actually really strong.
0: Cool. I liked him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So um, let's get into the G League because there's only been, I want to say it was three games that have been played by the G league ignite. Um, Do you remember if that first one was in October or very early November was a regular season game? I I still haven't gotten clarity on that, but if that was regular season, that's been four. Um, Do you know either way?
0: Was it against Sioux Falls? Was it that one? Yeah. That one was preseason.
1: Okay. That's what I thought. Um, Just because I couldn't find anything on it. So that, Mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense. So pretty much there's three, if you're not unfamiliar with how the G league ignite um, team works, there's four prospects that are pretty much head and shoulders. They're the standout guys, kind of similar to last year. We had green Kaminga Todd and Knicks this year. It's, At the top, it's Jaden Hardy. Absolutely, he is a pure scorer. But he hasn't really found success as a scorer just yet. He's been pretty inefficient. Jump shot hasn't started to fall, but, again, it's only been three games or so. Um, Then you also have Dyson Daniels, who is a really exciting 6'6". Damon, how would would you describe his game?
0: Um, Sort of like a secondary tertiary point guard, but not, like, looking like a point guard. He's definitely got a wings body, I think. And he'll play alongside two guards most of the time that he plays in the NBA. But I just really like how smooth Daniels is.
1: Yeah, and he has some surprising quickness, too. Like, I I think he's going to go in the first round, probably towards the middle late of the first. But I really think his game is pro ready. He's been pretty solid. Um, Then there's the third one of Marjan Beauchamp, who is a little bit of a polarizing player if you're into college basketball recruiting in the high school circuit at all. Uh, because a lot of people were very out on him in the high school I guess circuit and he went took a year off played uh, or took a year off from D1 I believe he played at community college uh, for a very short time and he did okay there and then he jumped up to the G League and he's actually looked pretty solid I, I've been surprised I don't I don't know if you've had any takeaways on him but he had a game that he went 10 of six um, what do you think so far at Bochamp do you have any strong takes on him just yet?
0: Maybe not any strong ones but there have been there have definitely been moments throughout these first few games for them where he's looked like their best player for stretches and even best prospect.
1: Yeah, I I you said it the best. There the 10 of 16 game he had versus Agua Caliente, the Clippers the G League team. He looked really good. The one my one concern and it's reflected in the three point percentage already is his touch is really good on his jump shot. However, the form really needs work. It just isn't that fluid the left hand, the guide hand doesn't really stay with it. It's, it's almost like he has it there because he knows he has to have it there, but doesn't know what to do with it. Um, I, I do think there's a lot of upside with his jump shot and he's a pretty good finisher. He gets to the line, like he's comfortable with it. I like his game. And then the last one is Michael Foster, who far and away is the most unknown player. He's a big guy, pretty decently athletic. Um, but really, how would you describe his game, Damon? And are you in on him or not? Just yet, at least.
0: I would say I'm a lot more in than most people are. I've seen a lot of people have him, like, even outside the top 50. And I kind of view him as a late first kind of guy. I, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this. I know it. But he is the exact definition of, like, very, very poor man's LeBron to me. Just because of the size that he has and the, the court vision that he has. He's so good at playmaking out of the nail, I think. And he works so hard on the glass. And yeah, I think he just needs to get more diversity in his game, to be honest, especially on the offensive end. Yeah,
1: that's that's a pretty good way to say it. Uh, I thought I'd like Foster a little bit more in the first two games that he's played than I have. I will admit that. But also it's very early. I think we'll see. You know, he had a game where he went six of 14. He looked okay. Uh, I thought he'd be a little bit Maybe my expectations were too high, but I thought he was more powerful as an athlete. Um, looked a little bit bigger than I I've had recalled from high school, which can be good or bad. I think it's just too early, obviously. And I don't mean to keep setting you up for these hot takes. I'm not trying to like I realize the wording is so I'm saying it. But <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's fun. Fire season. him off. Yeah. I mean, this is still like what the G League showcase, I think, is still this portion of the season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's it's still it's early. early. Of these guys are not. oh, sorry, go ahead.
0: Oh, I was just saying it's early.
1: Yeah, and, you know, last year the G League guys only got like 12 games or so before because they started in February, ended in March. They had a month, and uh, this year's G League is much more fortunate. I think we're going to get to know a lot more of their game. Uh, Just a friendly reminder, I said this a lot last year talking about the first round of Ignite guys. Defense is optional. A lot of offense looks better than it actually is, and it doesn't scale up as evenly because the pace is out of this world quick. If you haven't watched a game, so obviously it's very isolation defense heavy on the defensive end. Is no defensive schemes, anything like that, really? It's a lot of ISO ball, trying to driving kick, very simple offense. But um, Damon, any final words on the G week before we talk about the returners?
0: I've been impressed in spurts by Fanbojeng. I think. He does does Ignite do two-year players at all? Because I think if he gets two years in that system, he's a definite prospect to me.
1: I think so because isn't uh Scoot on there too?
0: Oh yeah, Scoot's on there.
1: Yeah, so I think I think that he could be a second year guy.
0: Yeah, I like him.
1: Yeah, what's what is it that's been impressive for you? Um with uh hold on, I just lost his name. Give me one Fan second. Bo Zhang. Yes, I was looking for his name on the on the real GM page, and uh, he does not show up. Give me give me one second. We'll rec- we'll re-record that part. How do you say his name again?
0: Fanbo Zhang is how I Fan heard. All
1: right, I'm gonna try that again. <clears throat> <laughs> what is it that stands out to you on Fanbo Zhang so far?
0: Well, he's only played 12 minutes so far in the two games, and so he hasn't gotten a lot of run. But I really like. His shooting form at his size, because I think he's like 6'10". and super long. And he just has a really clean shot, I think, especially off the dribble.
1: Yeah, and I remember seeing video of it preseason. It looked pretty smooth. A lot of people are like, it's too slow. But I don't know. In, in space, it's definitely a threat. Obviously, he does need to speed it up. But, um, no, that's a good find because he's the forgotten fifth player of the G League Ignite, and he's an international player. Um, him and Dyson Daniels are both international. Dyson's from Australia. So it's a pretty diverse class. Um, When we come back, we're going to talk about the returners that have really stood out so far. Some of the guys we had had an eye on all summer, but are finally getting to see again. But first, let me tell you about Rock Auto and Online. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. With Rock Auto, you can save time and money, and why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock is a family business, They're serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every single customer. They have everything you can need. You know the drill, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, new carpet, whatever it is, Rock Auto has it. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. BetOnline is back and it is better than ever. A New web interface for the start of basketball season, more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football this season. So go ahead to the new updated desktop or mobile site, today to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just use the promo our promo code locked on with one word L-S-E-K-E-D-O-N, to receive your bonus bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts all right so continuing our conversation with damon allred of bright side of the sun roll call sports and zona hoops um damon talk to me about some of your favorite returners who are some of these guys that have stood out. I know one of your absolute favorites is Keegan Murray. Uh, What do you think so far?
0: Yeah, Keegan just really impressed me in that first game. I don't think I had a chance to see him at all last season because I was a big Luca Garza detractor. I just didn't want to see him ever. And so I didn't have a chance to see Keegan Murray last year. I know he came on really late in the season and was just shooting the lights out of the ball. But when I turned on their first game this season, he is just so clear in a way, the best player on the floor for almost every second that he's out there. I mean, he's just attacking and getting his shot whenever he wants. He's got a big body for a wing. And so I just came away really impressed.
1: Yeah, and I still need to catch up. He's one of the last players I haven't seen, I feel like of the returners uh, this season. But what about, and I know this is someone uh, that you really like, and I know when, when we talked about this, we had talked about bringing this guy up um, at some point, but Oche Igbaje, like his first two games have been absolutely incredible. Granted, one of them was against Tarleton State where he went 11 of 16, but against Michigan State, he went nine of 17, six of 11 from two, three of six from three, eight of eight from the line, two rebounds and assists, two steals, 29 points. So he's had 29 and 25, and his two games averages out to 27. Talk to me about what you've liked about Oche, because you are going to preach to the choir that is myself, because I love him.
0: Yeah, he's the exact kind of player that I love, and the exact kind of development arc that I really appreciate, because he's shown all the tools in the world his first few seasons at Kansas, as far as like, he's got a true NBA wings body, he's super long, and... He's big enough, I think, at this point, thick enough to handle contact. And it's really showing with his aggressiveness to get to the basket. And he's also just shooting the lights out of the ball, too, right now. I think it's 46% on, like, six and a half attempts per game. It's really impressive stuff so far. And so he's definitely my favorite prospect for Kansas right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, me too, especially with Jalen Wilson out with the DUI hole incident, which is something in of itself. Uh, another returning player, I kind of want to talk about, and and we haven't outside of like, you know, I I told him, we talked about Ochaik Baji at some point, um, outside of him, like we really haven't planned any of these names, but what do you think of Mark Williams? Because he got played off the court. I felt like, or he, he really just could never find a, a matchup that favored him. Like in that Campbell game, I think he only played six minutes. He was a guy who a lot of people deemed one of the best returning bigs. Where do you think about him? And I know we should have talked about him at Duke. I just straight up forgot uh, about that, so I apologize. But technically falls under the return.
0: Yeah, I came into the season with a first-round grade on him, but he has not looked like the guy that we saw in the ACC tournament last year. And that's been kind of disappointing to me because he seems like he'd be such a good fit on this roster.
1: Yeah, I mean, he would be one of the best guys, I feel like, as a – as a glue, almost to that team, that would really put him over the top. It's funny in college, we really don't see these bigs played off the floor, but um, it feels like with him, it really has happened. Someone else that stood out to me as a returner, and he's only played one game at the time of recording. He plays his second uh, later after this recording is done against Southern Miss. But uh, and obviously, McNeese State wasn't the most aggressive competition. But Mike Miles of TCU, I know we've talked about him in the past on Twitter. Did you get a chance to catch his game against McNeese and what are your overall overall thoughts on Miles?
0: I have not had a chance to see him at TCU this season. The most recent I have seen of him was from the FIBA stuff. He was part of FIBA, right? With Team USA? Yeah, he was on the U19s. Yeah. Um, he, He just seems like exactly the kind of guard that can succeed in college to me. A little bit on the smaller side, but I think his smarts kind of make up for it, so I'm curious to see him. I haven't had a chance to look at him though.
1: Yeah, I mean, you said it best. Like so I've seen him make rim protection plays. Like he's athletic. He he does. He had, I'm 95 percent sure he's to end Up without at least a plus three wingspan. I I still have a first round grade on him. He's a great shot creator. It looks like his shot and shot creation combo got him smoother. Um, that I I just I'm all in on the guy. Obviously, I have a little bit of a bias. I've I've always liked the TCU guys. I was huge on Desmond Bain in 2020. Uh, I liked Kenny Kenny Hustle at TCU. But <laughs> one last one uh, for me, and then you're feel free to throw anyone else out. But Julian Champeny is starting that Big East Player of the Year campaign strong. He's already averaging 21 points per game on 52 percent through only two games, of course. But seven and a half threes through the two games. they're um, excuse me, on average, uh, obviously that comes out to so he's taking 15 threes. But what have you thought about him? Have you gotten to see him and uh, and then take us home as soon as you're done answering that part with uh, with the final returner that you've been a fan of?
0: I haven't seen him this year either. How are those threes coming? Are they off of off of the catch usually or does it So I've the seen game? them
1: off screens, uh, ISO pull-up threes and just simple catch and shoots.
0: That's beautiful, And I love getting a guy with a bigger body like that to get a ton of shot versatility and you say it's hitting him at a good clip so he'll skyrocket up my board at least the more i get it's, to see him
1: that's always a welcome sight on draft twitter so who's your last guy that's really impressed you as a returner
0: i think that we would be making a huge mistake here if we didn't talk about Jaden IV at all
1: dude how on earth did i let him go we just talked <laughs> you literally even said the buzzword the fiba U19s. fellow teammate of mike miles Talk to us. Talk to everybody and, and spread the gospel of why Jaden Ivey is the greatest returner of the of the class. I'm throwing those words in your mouth.
0: <laughs> oh, I am happy to take them because I think I have him around five to seven ish on my board right now. Um, he's just really impressed me as much Or going back to the first time I saw him in his freshman year. I thought he was good enough to be a first rounder one and done, but he chose to come back, which, I really admire he was saying all the right things about it, that he wanted to come back and make good on last year's first round exit for Purdue. Um, I know through Mark Titus has talked about this a lot on the Titus and Tate podcast um, where Ivy spent a lot of the offseason working with Mike Conley, who is another Indiana area guy. And you can really see it. like. There, he had a drive in their first game where he just had this beautiful shake on the way to the rim, and you could see the Conley dripping out of it. He's got so much aggression and strength and burst going under the rim. I think his shot is good enough to open up that driving game for him, and I think he's a way better passer when he gets or than he gets credit for. Um, I wrote about him last year as well. And he's just been a staple of my draft philosophy is just, if you look like Jaden Ivey, then I'm going to love you.
1: Yeah. And some of the drives he has, the way he can just, what's even the right word contort his body, I guess, is just John Morant. Just the moves he has getting to the basket. He's so saucy, he's flashy. And uh, just every single way. And I think he is a good playmaker. And for those of you who don't know, Jaden Ivey is the son of former, Oklahoma City Thunder guard and just kind of veteran guard Royal Ivy got a lot more of the athletic vertical athleticism genes than Royal ever had but uh, he is I I don't disagree with Damon I think he's a top 10 prospect last year the top sophomore was James Book Knight and I had him number five it honestly wouldn't shock me if that repeated again for Jaden Ivy like he is a guy who has so has improved already he looks like his game is going to get stronger his jump shot needs to be sped up and just be a little bit more consistent is probably the thing to watch for compared to his freshman year. But I mean, Jaden Ivey is the guy like that is the guy of the sophomores this year. I think he's number one. Mike miles is my number two. Uh, as I talked about earlier, but Jaden Ivy is that guy. Uh, Damon, first of all, thank you for reminding me and, and not letting me just look like an idiot. Thank you for saving my face by bringing up Jaden Ivy. But second, thank you so much for joining Damon, tell everyone where they can find you and Twitter, everything, what you got coming up.
0: Yeah. So on Twitter, I'm at, I am Damon Allred. It's a lot easier to spell than a lot of people think it is. Um, I just posted something on roll call about picking a lineup for each Western conference team that I'd want to see more of. I'm going to have the Eastern conference coming soon too. And then I'll just have sun stuff on bright side of the sun and draft stuff on Zona hoops throughout the year.
1: Hey, I'm looking forward to it. This is my first Suns Draft collab on the Locked On Network and uh, hopefully the first of many. Thank you so much for joining
0: me, David. Damon, excuse me. Of course. (laughs) Thank you very much.